Clayton. With John Clayton. Hey, Mom! This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, text him in right now, 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to as many of your questions as we can. Hello, John. Hello, guys. So bad news for the Seahawks as it relates to Marquise Blair. Out for the season once again. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. A torn patella, and the season's done, having surgery, and you got to kind of wonder what's going to be like for him long term because, again, that's two serious injuries he suffered, and you know, availability is one of the most important parts of this game. He's a very, very good player, uh, but still, I mean, it's like anything else. Injuries do take away what you have. Was this the same knee? Do we know? Did that he... I don't know. No. I thought that they said it was. Yeah, it probably knee. was, yeah. Yeah, because that was the one that, yeah, unfortunately, KJ Mm -hmm. got him with some some friendly fire. What we were talking about, I mean, look, obvious one is is Russell Wilson, but, man, also, what about D. Eskridge, John? Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm not sure I remember a concussion um, going this far, and Bob was reading an article about how, you know, there was something going on with his vision and Mm -hmm. things like that. He's been to um, Florida a couple of times. I mean... I don't remember a concussion like this before. No, I mean I've, I've seen them in the league, and you know they can they can be nasty, and obviously this one's nasty. I guess the only piece of good news is <clears throat> that he's flying back today, and you know he's starting to feel better. The work I guess he's done in the clinic has helped out, and so there's an outside chance that uh, he might be there for the Green Bay game. Hmm. He might be able to practice next week, according to Pete Carroll. We we uh we spoke with Michael Bumpus earlier today, and he said he would be more impressed with his Seahawks defense if they were able to shut down the Jacksonville Jaguars than he is with what they did against the Saints. He feels like that's a bigger test. What do you think? I would agree with Michael because again, it's like you know they have one of the worst wide receiving cores in football. I mean, Jameis Winston is okay; he's not great, but he's okay. And so you put all that together, and you know you can see that uh, you know they, you got uh, Trevor Lawrence who's had at least a couple good games in a row. They do have a couple good wide receivers. You know, they and, and you know, they still have Carlos Hyde at running back if necessary and you know they got James Stewart from last year. So they have some you know better offensive weapons right now and particularly you know at the wide receiver position because when you look at the Saints, they basically had nothing. I mean, when Quan Smith comes off injured reserve and he's the most established receiver you have and you saw how little and how bad he played, what does that say? Mhm. Yeah, hey John, we were talking about uh, about Russell Wilson, and first of all, what's your call right now? Oh. I mean, how how do we feel? It, I'm sick of it. Yeah, I'm I, sick I, of I would it. say I, I would say Packers. I think he's going to come back early. Oh, you're talking about? I thought you were talking about uh, Mike Florio's story. Uh, oh no, what, oh. what's his story? What did he do? Oh, he hasn't been traded. Hasn't been traded. Yeah, he hasn't won out. This year or in the offseason? Well, no, he's not going to be traded this year, but obviously offseason. Well, somebody brought this up, and, you know, if it's between Pete and mm-hmm. and Russ, you know, one's got to go. I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm off on this, but I feel like a franchise quarterback who is really, really successful uh, has, especially the, with the numbers and everything, yeah, yeah, Russell, yeah. you'd have a tougher time finding that. Well, plus, I mean, there's the no-trade clause in his contract, right? And then it's like, okay, maybe maybe there's some growing tension or something that's coming back a little bit. I tend to doubt it because everything 
that was done was Mark Rogers overdoing it and getting word out and different things of that nature. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, in the end, it's like nobody wanted out of a team. Well, maybe you can say Deshaun Watson not wanted out of Houston more than anything else because he's sat. But it's like nobody wanted out of a team more than Aaron Rodgers. Gee, where, where, where's Aaron Rodgers playing for tomorrow night? Green I Bay. believe he is with the Packers. Is yeah. he gonna? But the thought was that they mended the fences just enough, put a Band-Aid on it for this year, talking about Rodgers, yeah. and that he'll be gone in the offseason. Do you agree. still believe that? Well, I don't know if they've mended anything, but again... Well, I, enough just to get through the year, just an understanding. Yeah, I mean, All again, right. I think you understand. It's like, okay, they weren't going to trade him. And so it's like, you know, the longer you keep pushing and all that stuff and you, know, you keep talking to your teammates as you get closer to camp and they try to talk you into staying. But again, it's like, I mean, you can see that uh, the damage report is already done and tomorrow night you'll be able to see it because it's going to be even more because Devontae Adams is not going to be able to play. You know, Alan Lazard's not going to be able to play because of COVID-19. And so you now take away you know, his t- two of his top threats and that's one of the things that he complained about the most is the fact that uh, you know, he didn't get enough good wide receivers. And so now he goes into this game tomorrow night. You know, David Bakhtiari, the left tackle, is not going to be able to play. Uh, they've got, you know, Preston Smith, the linebacker, out. You know, Zadarius Smith, the linebacker, is on injured reserve. Uh, the center, <clears throat> Josh Moses, he's I – mean, Myers, <clears throat> Josh Myers, you know, he's – He's on injured reserve, so I mean they're they're vulnerable right now. <clears throat> they get pretty banged up and beaten down by the Arizona Cardinals. John, I was looking at that. Looks like Dak Prescott's going to be able to play. I guess he was limited in practice, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, typical Dak Prescott, right? He's uh, what's he got? Like a he's seventy three percent completion yeah. percentage, sixteen <clears throat> touchdowns, four interceptions, and where does he rank? And where do the Cowboys rank? Because there there's a, a Three or four or five, you know, five and one teams, right? That are just outside of where Arizona. Where do you put the Cowboys and Dak Prescott? I probably put the Cowboys four or five because obviously I put Arizona number one, Green Bay number two, Rams number three. You can maybe make the argument that Dallas can be number four uh, because again, you know, they they've done so well and they got so many good weapons on offense and a great offensive line, and Dak Prescott. I think you have to put in the top five as far as quarterbacks because I still tend to go with Kyler Murray, number one, still go with uh, you know Tom Brady, number two, number three, Josh Allen, and then Aaron Rodgers, number four. So I put Dak Prescott, number five. John, what's, what's the story with this? I'm reading the headlines, and Dave and I were talking about it during the break, but the headline reads, Los Angeles Rams owner Stan Kroenke angers NFL owners with financial pivot related to lawsuit on St. Louis move. What, what do you know about that? Well, I, mean, I don't know what the pivot is. <clears throat> My guess is... <coughs> well, it says, the, the opening line, it says he's, he's trying to back away from his promise to cover tens of millions of mm-hmm. dollars in legal expenses related to his team's 2016 departure from St. Louis. And in reading, I didn't get to the very bottom of it, but it sounded like he was paying. Yeah. I, I, I guess I don't really understand what is costing other teams money in terms of it legal. Shouldn't, because, again, it's like, you know, what's costing uh, Stan Kroenke money is that, uh, you know, he got the new stadium and it was $4 billion. And so, you know, nothing happened there. And, you know, Kroenke is still getting money from the Chargers and money from the Raiders, you know, for the move that they made because, you know, they move and you get, you know, $65 million per team <clears throat> in regard to that. You know, I think probably the biggest thing is kind of like a little bit of the Dan Snyder type thing where it's like, uh, 
to appease the courts, he might be willing to give up some financial information to the courts, which obviously will go public and will go right into my database once they uh, you know get it out there, because then it shows what the revenues were for several years, and that shows you the revenues from the league. So even though that may not be exactly what it is, my fear is the fact that uh, you know it could be him willing to give some financial information, and if that's the case, the owners are going to be very upset about that. John, I'm looking at Tua's numbers. First of all, there's a weird quote. It was something about, I don't not feel wanted. I don't not feel wanted by the Dolphins. Uh-huh. I mean, we're already there, and I, I'm looking at his numbers. Now, I haven't really watched Miami very closely, but I mean, 69% completion percentage, mm-hmm. uh, seven touchdowns, four interceptions, but the Dolphins are what? One win? One, one, and, one and six. One and six. They've lost six in a row. What's his yards per attempt? Yards per attempt is... I'll get back to you on that. John. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, 6.7. Yeah, that's that's okay, but... 7.1. It's 7.1? Yeah. Okay. Yards yeah, so that that's okay. I mean, his numbers are okay, but the results aren't good. And, you know, it's like... Uh, I think now with the last couple of losses, you know, he went from seven and five to seven and seven. But I mean, you can see that they definitely want to get Deshaun Watson. But again, if they're asking for Deshaun Watson to settle 22 lawsuits by Tuesday, what do you think the chance of that happening are? None. Well, and yeah, it has to be done, right? I mean, unless there would have to be just a ton of clauses written in there, right? Mm-hmm. To to protect somebody like this is void if this, that, and the other. I mean, I don't know if there's enough lawyers to write that up right now. Not not in, you know, less than a week. I mean, what's that, five days, six days? Yeah. I mean, there's no way that you can humanly do it. And so, uh, and you still, and it sounds like, I mean, I know that uh, Roger Goodell was on the podium yesterday, and you still get the feeling he's not going to do anything this year. You don't know that for certain. But again, next year, you figure with the lawsuits and everything else, if he does settle, that he's going to have to put him on the on the exempt list because, you know, he's admitting guilt. John, I was uh, reading the story. First of all, the the Texans traded uh, Mark Ingram to the Saints, Mm -hmm. and Brandon Cook's very unhappy with it, took to Twitter and wrote, this is bull bleep, such a joke. So are we expecting to see maybe Cooks being traded soon? Yeah, I mean, they've been shopping him now for a couple of weeks as the uh, the worst franchise in sports continues to get worse because you know, they, they're giving away so much talent. I mean, I still can't believe they you know just let Whitney Merciless go, you know, particularly knowing it was going to be like an 8 to $10 million cap hit. I mean, they just keep letting players go and, you know, not acquiring too much. I mean, sure, at cornerback, they were able to pick up A.J. Boyer, but what good is that going to do them? Uh, it, it's just brutal what they're doing. John, uh, the 509 wants to know, how much does the professor like the Bengals? And it, it's interesting, I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, where you rank the AFC North, because, you know, I was thinking, okay, AFC West, really good, but Kansas City is down this year. Yeah, yeah. So you think, okay, uh, NFC West certainly is probably number one. But yeah, AFC North, man, it's, you know, you got Pittsburgh mm-hmm. uh, and Baltimore and, Cleveland. and, of course, Cleveland. And now the Bengals are playing really yeah, well. I believe in them, you know, because I think that they've turned the corner in the standpoint that uh, Joe Burrow is having a great year. Lamar Chase, uh, Lamar Chase is going to win the rookie of the year because, I mean, he's got more catches and uh, 764 yards receiving than any seven-player, seven, uh, 
a guy that's been a rookie for seven games. And just like I think you were saying yesterday, if he sits out and not play the next game, then he still has the record for eight games. So uh, that's good. I think they've improved a lot on defense. I think they're for real. And you have to believe they're for real. And now I think what you could say is close to being the best division in football because you, know, you, don't, you don't have any losing records there. Is at the, you know This is a, a very, very good division. And uh, right now, the Bengals were able to go into Baltimore and win, into mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and win. And if you can't believe how difficult that is, that's difficult. Yeah. John, what do you what do you make of uh, Roger Goodell's stance on this whole Washington football team investigation? Saying I'm not mm-hmm. going to release the findings. I, I mean, we obviously know if they if they investigated and found there was nothing substantial there, there was nothing that could be corroborated. That they would run to the podium and say, "Hey, we did a thorough investigation, and there's nothing there, and everybody's at peace." But instead, is saying, "No, I'm not going to release those findings." So you, you've got the former employees and, and Mark Davis and others saying, "Hey, they need to release those findings." Mm-hmm. I, I, it's incredibly weak, I think, after a year-long investigation. So they're going, nah, none of that's going to be made public. But we'll let John Gruden be the face of this whole thing when he wasn't even the, the, the inspiration for this. He was caught up in the – I'm not you know, defending him by any stretch. Yeah, all yeah. I'm saying is he's become the face of the Washington football team investigation about all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. It seems wrong to me. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, because I think that you know, you're you're covering up for Dan Snyder. I mean, you can say, sure, they got him fined ten million dollars. Okay, so what exactly? So there you, was something there. There was something there, <laughs> no doubt. And then of course he they made him step away from running the team. But you tell me, with his wife running the team, who's running the Washington football team? That'd be Dan Snyder. That's correct. So it's like uh, to me, just kind of it's covering up. The whole situation and i agree with mark davis i agree agree with anybody that says that they need to be more transparent now do they need to release uh you know emails and things of that nature no i think that they're very right in protecting those and you certainly protect the testimony of the women that they talked to that wanted anonymity so it's like you don't do anything there but in the end i think that uh, you've got to at least make some statement as to what went wrong i mean hey if you can uh, you know do uh, Spygate, if you can do Deflategate, if you can do all these different things, and it's like now you have the worst work environment for women, maybe, uh, I can't say NFL history because I can't say uh, what it was like for women back or in the early days and in maybe in the 50s and 40s and stuff like that. I can't talk to that because I don't know. But again, in this case, in the current modern era of the NFL, it was the worst in uh, environment for women you could ever imagine mm. yeah you would think that his wife would have had some influence over him during those years too what a weakling yeah hey uh john do we have we got a pretty uh pretty good game tomorrow night yeah. do we have a uh updated uh injury report for yeah. i heard somebody texted in jj watts out jj watt is out with a shoulder yeah. injury so he's not going to be able to play uh but uh, you, you look at the Packers, and like we talked about a little bit ago, they're a mess. I mean, you know, they're down their best two linebackers. You know, they're not going to be out there. I mean, Bakhtiari, the center, he's not going to be out there. You've got all kind of problems as far as the receiving core because of COVID-19, you know, with Lazard out and, uh, you know, a- Adams out. The Luckily, bottom. they got Cobb, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, luckily, Aaron got his way on that one, so he's yeah. got somebody to throw the ball uh-huh. to. Yeah, so it's like... Uh, yeah, but but that's about it. 
And so uh, you don't have great hopes for the Packers in this game because they have so many missing pieces. I mean, when you're talking about six, seven, eight missing pieces, that's not good. Hey, John, uh, let's see, somebody, the 509 asking, is there anybody good on that Texans roster the Seahawks should go after before the deadline? Hmm. Well, I, w- I would assume everybody's available, right? Oh, yeah, there's, no, there's, no, there's nobody that's not available, that's for there's sure. There's nobody untouchable on yeah, the Texans there's, roster? There's not too many players left. I mean, Brandon Cooks obviously is one. Uh, you know, you can uh, now maybe look and see, because now they traded Mark Ingram, so that means that David Johnson's still on the roster. I mean, he might be a consideration for a low draft pick. Uh, You you look at some of the other. But again, it's like, uh, I don't think there's too much more left. What's the impression of of David Culley and the job that he's done down there? Is he just kind of holding the place for now? or what's He's holding the place for now. I mean, I hope they give him another year. It would be so unfair for him to be one and done with the team that they gave him because I don't care who it was going to be. You can have Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, uh, Andy Reid. They weren't going to make much of a difference as far as that record because the roster is so bad and it keeps getting worse. And so in the end, it's like, uh, you know, I just hope that they give him more chances to do some things, but you can't trust them. I mean, you know that at some point, if they go with the current administration, that Cade McNown's going to be hired as the uh, head coach because they wanted to hire him this past year, but elected in the end not to do it. Who's the GM again? Or who? Uh, that's uh, the former Pac- uh, Patriots, uh, Nick, uh, what you call him? Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, uh, I forget his name. but uh, What is it? Yeah, I forget it. It's like a... Casario? Nick Casario. Casario. Yeah, there Nick we go. Casario. That was Mike Lefko. Yeah. With yeah. the assist. Good call, Lefko. Thank you, Mike. With but, the assist. Yeah, Nick Casario, <laughs> he, he's the general manager, but, uh, you know, they have uh, Easterly, Jack Easterly, as be, you know, he's really got more control than, uh, than Nick does, and he's the one that totally screws it up. Now, remember, he was the Patriots team chaplain several years ago, and now he's in the highest position in running the Houston Texans, and he's running into the ground. Wow. Well, and, you know, here's another guy that plays and stands out mm-hmm. every once in a while, Jacob Martin. And I remember when we uh, when we traded him there, I was like, yeah, I'm really going to miss Jacob Martin. And some people are like, oh, come on. You know, he's not even close to, you know, Clowney. And, you know, Clowney's a way better player. and But Jacob Martin is really a pretty solid player. You could really use him. And yeah, I, very solid. Yeah, and I would say, you know, over the years probably it might. I mean, I, I don't know if that was justified getting Clowney here. I mean, he, what did he get, three sacks? Yes. Yeah. I feel three like sacks. you could have got that out of Jacob Yeah, Martin. but again, it's like he played well on a winning team, and he may not have gotten the sacks, but he got the pressures. Yeah. And he also do, he drew more double-team blocks than any defensive end in football. That's something. Now, again, it helped. I mean, it didn't help to have Ziggy Ansah on the other side because that wasn't a help, but it did help having Jaron Reed right next to him because, you know, that opened some things up for Clowney. But I, I, I don't consider Clowney stay a bust just because he didn't have the sacks. Uh, John, 360 asking, Professor, how about Dearness Johnson of the Browns? Uh, doesn't he look like a starting running back in the NFL? And will the Browns look to trade him? Why would they trade him? They don't have anybody else. <laughs> it's like yeah, they're down three running backs on injured reserve. And so it's like, you know, he's the only thing that they have left. So it's like uh, they're not going to trade him. I mean, again, say what you want. It's like the last I checked, the Ravens, even though the they lost to the Bengals and now trail the Bengals by a game, they're still in the mix for the Super Bowl. Yeah, so where are you on uh, – we were talking to Michael Bumpus yeah. earlier, John. Um, 
talking about Rashad Penny. And and the one thing I, I saw pointed out, I, I think he stops his feet mm-hmm. when, when he gets contact. So where are you with him? And, you know, should they just go forward with Alex Collins or keep trying to put Penny out there? I, I think you need to keep putting Penny out there, but I think you need to go forward with Alex Collins because I think, you know, since training camp began, he was the second best running back in the team. Now, of course, you know what's going to happen most likely, you would think so, by uh, the Green Bay game is that Chris Carson should be in, in there and all of a sudden Rashad Penny drops the third team. But, uh, you know, right now, I think, you know, you you look at Alex Collins and the success he has, and why would you shy away from that? John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light Made to Chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Did UW football foreshadow a bad trend for the Seahawks? We'll dig into that next. It's Washington Wednesday right here with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.